Church. This is Pastor Ryan. Uh, welcome to another edition of Ryan Preaches in Some Random Wilderness Location. Um, this week, uh, just so you guys know, just kind of a recap of the last couple of weeks. Uh, we started this new series a couple of weeks ago with uh, Pastor Alicia. She started with the parable of the sower. We talked about kind of where we plant our roots as, as, as followers of Jesus and what that looks like in our day-to-day lives. Last week, I preached about the parable of the mustard seed, and we um, talked about how the mustard seed represented God's kingdom, and, and today uh, the, the church is God's kingdom. It is the kingdom of God, and, and, and we have responsibilities uh, of the church. And today I, I'm going to continue with um, in Luke chapter 13, if you want to go ahead and turn there, but we're going to talk about the parable. We're going to preach. I'm going to preach from the parable of the fig tree. So, uh, with that said, I kind of just let, let you guys know kind of where we've been, where we're going. Let me go ahead and open us up in prayer, and we'll go ahead and get going. Dear God, thank you for this day. I just pray that you um, be with us, whether we're watching online uh, or, we're, um, or we're in the house church right now. I just pray that you allow this message to be impactful. You allow this message to um, reflect you, and, and I pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. In college, I had this uh, friend, uh, a buddy named uh, Jared Jepaway. Uh, Jared was, uh, he was a, 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 like a Bible study leader in my hall. Uh, he was just this hilarious kid. Um, I say kid because I was like three or four years older than him. But I remember um, Jared was just like kind of always just telling jokes and, crack, and then kind of playing uh, practical jokes on people and stuff like that. And so um, when it was, it kind of came up that um, I could do a, a, a a car ride with Jared, I was like, yes, Jared is hilarious. I want Jared to come with me. And what happened is that every year at um, Point Loma Nazarene University, where I went to, uh, we would go to this thing called Christian Family Night, and it was up at Six Flags Magic Mountain. So I went to college in San Diego. Six Flags is a little bit north of, of Los Angeles. And so it's about two to three hour drive without traffic. You never know in, in LA. And so uh, one day, a group of us, we, we got together and we we carpooled up there. I think we made a day out of it. We went to the Getty Museum, and then we went to um, Six Flags. And, and the cool thing about Christian Family Night is that you, it's, it's after the park closes, so the lines are a lot shorter, and you don't have to wait as long. But it's also kind of late, so um, we, go, we get there around 6, 7 o'clock, and we ride, we ride roller coasters for three, four hours. Uh, and then we had to head back home. And so uh, naturally we had to go refuel at the gas station uh, with gas and then also for gas for the car and then like caffeine and sugar for, uh, for us as we were getting ready to drive back. And I remember Jared's like, um, we were in the gas station. He's like, hey, Ryan, you know what a snowball is? And I was like, no, not really. I don't think I've ever had one. And it's, it's, it's a Hostess product, for those of you who don't know. It's a chocolate cake filled with cream, covered with, with marshmallow and coconut flakes. Uh, still to this day, I've never had one. But kind of, it's like basically like a ding-dong covered in marshmallow and coconut. And, and, and I remember Jared just like, oh man, I mean, I'm so excited for this, uh, for this snowball. And I was like, cool, dude, <laughs> go ahead. I'm going to get some, uh, some like energy drinks and, and coffee and, and, and we'll, we'll go, we'll go ahead and get going. And on the way back or we're driving down and he's like, and <laughs> Jared, who was super excited for this thing, like he was pumped up for this thing. 
he took one bite and he's like, oh, this is gross. And, and kind of like, now that I think about it, like a ding dong covered in marshmallow and coconut. Oh man, that sounds like a lot of sugar. That, that probably would be not good to me either. But he was so excited about it. And he was so bummed by how much he just did not like this snowball. And I remember we're just driving back down uh, and like a couple, like an hour or two later, I remember Jared's like, hey, Ryan. I was like, yeah. It's like, you wanna know what disappointments taste like? I was like, uh, what? He's like, here, eat this snowball. And he kept trying to get everybody else in the car after he's like, like, oh, this thing is horrible. Here, you try it. It's kind of like like the, the when somebody tells you, hey, something smells over there, go, go smell it. You're like, no, I don't want to go smell that thing. But he's just like, He's like, he just wanted everybody to, to try it, even though he didn't like it himself. And, and all this to say is that sometimes our expectations don't always meet reality. You know, I remember being a, a, a kid, you know, you ask for something for Christmas and you're really excited for it and you open up the box and, oh, it's not the thing that you wanted. Or I mean, maybe, maybe it's something you did want, but it isn't the thing, you know, that you wanted, you know. Um, or when I was in college and I was studying abroad in London, we went to a, a taping of uh, this kind of this like, uh, uh, like a blooper show, kind of like America's Funniest Home Videos or uh, where they, they show outtakes from different shows. And we went to the taping of it and it just, it just like ruined the movie magic because they like they would show a clip and then they we would laugh and sometimes it wasn't funny and they're like no you need to laugh louder so we're gonna do it again and it's just like man like this is way lamer than I thought it was gonna be um, and, and and so so all that to say is that um, just remember that that sometimes our expectations don't mean reality. And often it's true that, as the saying goes, uh, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Um, that saying is kind of a, an old saying, but it's this idea that, hey, maybe you're not paying money for the food, but you're going to pay with something else. Uh, or another way of saying is, uh, beware of a friend who invites you over for a pizza party who happens to have a U-Haul parked in his front driveway. Odds are you're going to end up moving something either in or out of that U-Haul. And... And it kind of just goes to this idea that basically nothing in life is free. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's genuinely free, but a lot of times things just, they always, there's always a string attached. Um, I had a buddy, Chris, in the army who'd always say, um, he'd always, he always, the kind of saying that he, I remember him saying is like, freedom isn't free. And it's this idea that like, hey, even though like we, we as Americans, we get to, you know, have this awesome thing we call freedom, um, we get to enjoy that. Um, that was paid with the price of, at some point. You know, that was paid with the, the price of somebody sacrificing uh, in a war or uh, in a time of struggle. And, and, because, and we enjoy this freedom because of the people that came before us. And so last week, like I said, we talked about the mustard seed and how the mustard seed represented God's kingdom and how that's the church that we're supposed to have that, that we get to embody today. And the truth is, is that, that, that God offers us the, his kingdom at free of charge. There's nothing that we need to do. He gives it to us, except for there is a price to pay. It is a free gift, but that doesn't mean that, there's, there, that we don't have to do anything in return. His, God's kingdom is open for anybody to come to. 
But for us to enter into it, we have to repent. We have to say, hey, the way I was living my life before was wrong. The way that I used to sin against God and sin against others, the way I did things for me, not thinking about other people, that is wrong. And, and this idea of repentance is something that we find over and over and over in the Bible. And the word repent literally just means to turn around, to go in the opposite direction. And that's what we're going to read about today in, in, the, in the parable of the fig tree. And, and, and if you think about it, it makes sense. If we're going to accept God's kingdom and we're going to live into God's kingdom, we have to, have, we have to make that choice to live differently. We have to sacrifice things that we used to do. We have to change the way that we live our lives. Whether that's um, the way that we think, the words that we say, the things that we do. At the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, um, there's the story of Adam and Eve, kind of the story of the first two humans. And, and, And at the heart of the biblical message is that the thing that Adam and Eve did that separated them from, from God wasn't just that they, they, they picked a piece of fruit and ate it. It's they picked a piece of fruit from the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they partook of it. And what they did is they decided that they were going to define good and evil outside of God's will. And that's what separated them from God. That's what the biblical story is separated on. It's this idea that when we decide what is good and what is evil on our own, outside of what God has decided, that's where things begin to fall apart. So some might say like, Ryan, well, I understand, but you're saying like, but isn't the gospel free? Isn't it something that we get to accept? And I said, yes, it is free. But just like I said before, there's no such thing as as a free lunch. Maybe you're not paying with it, paying for it with money, but you're going to pay for it, and maybe you're going to sacrifice um, some relationships you might have. Maybe you're going to not talk the way that you used to talk, or maybe you're just not going to live your life the way that you used to live your life. Your actions have to change. You see, there is a there there is a cost to the free the free gift of God's kingdom. We get to enter into it. We don't have to pay anything. We just get to go be, but we have to do something in return. And that's, that's at the, the heart of the biblical story. And, and the biblical story is clear that, that it is free, but we also have to pay something. In Romans 6.23, it says, the wages of sin is death. You see, the sin, the thing that, that separates us from God, the way that the thing that we deserve is we deserve to die and be and live separate, separate from him. But through the gift of God and through the gift, the sacrifice of Jesus, we get to have relationship with the God of the universe. We get to partner with him in what he's doing and bringing his kingdom to earth as it is in heaven. And that's what we're going to talk about today. In Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. It says, Now there were some, sorry, now there were some present, 
Some present at the time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. So this part's kind of a little confusing because Jesus is talking about current events. He's talking about things that the people would have known about at the time. And we're not really sure about, about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed or who, who had fallen, who had been crushed by the, the Tower of Siloam. We're not 100% sure, but the point that Jesus is making is he's making, are, was their sin worse than yours? And the truth is, no, is like all sin is, is sin is something that, that separates us from God. And we all sin daily in, in, in our thoughts and our actions. And there's no, there's no such thing as, as, as somebody's sin who is worse than someone else. You can have the worst quote-unquote sinner, the person who, who wears their sins on their sleeves. They have it tattooed on their bodies. They swear and they, 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 they do everything they can to, 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 do, to step on the little people as they're, they're climbing to the top and they're, they're, just, they're just out there with their sin. Or you could have the clean cut, press shirt, khaki pants, lives in the suburbs, guy who goes home and cooks meth and, and, and has every secret sin that you can think about. The truth is, is that their sins are equal. It doesn't matter if one sin is more prevalent than the other. Their sins are the same. They are sin. You see, sin is this thing that separates us from God. And God has offered us a way to come into his kingdom. God has offered us a chance to, to join with him through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus. But we have to choose to repent. We have to choose to turn away from the ways that we used to live. And we have to live differently. And we have to, to acknowledge that we were separated from him. A couple years ago, um, I remember there was uh, an interview with Donald Trump. I'm not saying this because I want to be political or anything like that. Um, I don't care what your opinion is of Donald Trump. But they, somebody, the, the interviewer asked him about his faith and asked him about what he had repented for when he came to, came to be a Christian. And, and he basically said, I don't have anything to repent for. I'm a good person. And like I said, I don't want to get political. I mean, other than the politics of the kingdom of God, because I think those are the politics that matter the most. But I'm here to tell you as an ordained elder in the church of the Nazarene, as a pastor, as somebody who has studied the scripture, I am here to tell you that, that Donald Trump is 100% wrong on this. We all have to repent. We all have things that we have to say. This is, these are the ways that I have sinned. These are the ways that I have, I, have, I have lived my life differently than the way that God wanted me to live. And I go on in the passage. It says, it says, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will, will all perish. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard. And he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. 
So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, I leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and I'll fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Jesus is talking about this idea of, of a fig tree, just like the trees that are here that, that produce fruit. And it's kind of the, the kind of the classic question if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's around to hear it, did it make a sound? And the question that Jesus is basically saying, like, if, if a fig tree doesn't produce figs, is it a fig tree? And, and, and in the Bible, the fig tree was kind of seen as a representation of Israel and a, and a representation. And we can read it today as a representation of the church. If the church doesn't, if the people of God, the church don't produce fruit, are we really the church? Are we really the people of God? And, 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 and I love the idea that, that the, 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 the keeper of the garden, he says, hey, give it one more year. If it doesn't produce fruit, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw some manure at it. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get it get it get it to grow and 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 have and have and bear fruit again. I'm, I want it to be the thing that it's intended to be. Jesus wants the church to be the thing that it's intended to be. God wants the people of God to be the tent thing that's intended to be. God's kingdom is meant to be the people that says, there's a different way to live. There's a different way to, to do things. All you have to do is repent. And I love that Luke kind of purposely doesn't finish the story. This is a kind of a technique that's found throughout in all the gospels where sometimes the the writers, they'll just finish, they'll just finish, and there's, 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 no, there's no finality to it. There's no conclusion. And what Luke's doing here is, is he's inviting us into the story. He's inviting us to say, is there fruit in my life? Am I, have I repented? Have I truly repented? Have I turned away from the ways that I used to live my life? Does there need to be some manure around me? Does it, do, I need, do I need some stinky manure to come into my life and, and get me dirty and, and give me those nutrients? Do I need to go slumming it with the, the hogs? That's the question that we're meant to ask. Because the truth is, is that repentance isn't something that we do just one time. Repentance is something we have to daily pick up our cross and follow Jesus. Daily, we have to choose to die to ourselves and follow him. Like I said, I started off the story with, uh, with Adam and Eve and how the, the, the original sin wasn't eating the fruit, but it was choosing to, 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 to find good and evil outside of God. And there's different, uh, faithful Christians can, can disagree on this, but uh, some, some people believe that, you know, the story of creation, Adam and Eve, is 100% accurate. It was down to every little, every little detail. Some people don't think that Adam and Eve were a real people, that, that it's just a story meant to give us a, a lesson. And, and I have my own beliefs, which doesn't really matter, but, but I think that the important thing is whether or not you believe it was 100% real or it was all figurative, the lesson we can learn is that every single day we have a choice 
We can choose to follow Jesus or we can choose to define good and evil on our own. We can choose to live out the kingdom and to live the way that God wants us to live. We could choose to, to be the mustard seed and, and, and to, 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 to live into God's kingdom the way, that, that he's, the way that he's acting in this world. And we can choose to be participate in that. But first we have to repent. First, we have to choose to turn around from the ways that we used to live our lives. First, we have to say, God, forgive me, for I am a sinner. And the only way I can come into your kingdom, the only way I can, I can live my life the way I want to, you want me to, is when I repent and I say that I am guilty and I have to die to myself every moment of every day and choose to follow him. And that's a hard choice to make. That's not easy. But guess what? Even when we mess up, God still loves us and God's kingdom is still there waiting for us and we still can participate in it. And he's there with open arms and he's saying, follow me. So I want to challenge you this week. I want to challenge you. How can you choose to follow Jesus today? How can you draw closer to God this week in your walk with him and with the way that you live your life? How can you repent of the things that you have done wrong, the ways that you have sinned, and draw closer to God and more fully accept and live into his kingdom? Let's pray. God, thank you for the message of your, of, your, of your gospel. Thank you for the gift that you've given us of your kingdom and your, and your church and the ways that we can participate in that. God, I pray that you convict us of the ways that we need to repent, the ways that we need to say that we are sinners. And God, if there's anybody who's watching this who might, might say, like, I've never, I've never prayed this prayer. I've never, I've never accepted Jesus. I've never really repented. I want to invite them to do that right now, Lord. It's not a difficult thing. All you have to do is you have to say, God, forgive me for I have sinned against you and I want to choose to follow you. I want to be a follower of Jesus. In this moment, in this place, I want to turn away from my sinful ways and I want to live differently. And if you've prayed that prayer, I just invite you to, 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 to reach out to a pastor at your house church or if you're watching this online to, to give us a call or send us an email. And, and I, I just want to say, you are loved. And Jesus, be with us as we are your church. We represent your kingdom. Allow us to love others the way you would have us love them. Allow us to fully embrace your kingdom. In Jesus' name.